Okay. Um, we didn't have an ABF last week, so uh, I got some places to go if there aren't related questions, but I'll open it up for related questions from this week or last week on the Great Commission in Luke. Our microphone man is standing by. Oh, come on. Don't tell me, Steve, you haven't got anything. Because I won't believe it. So don't tell me you don't have any questions, Steve. Oh, well, no, yes. no, under the new guidelines of this ABF, we've got to keep it somewhat on, ten, on topic. Sorry. So maybe we can save, save the further out stuff for, uh, for a burger. But you got any? Any questions? No, no questions on the Great Commission in the last two weeks. That's surprising. It's fair enough. Any questions? Ooh, Carolyn in the back. Oh no, microphone. Well, this isn't really a question. I'm just wondering. I put pro- biblical proclaim. On number three, and I'm sure that's not right. Three, a biblical, okay, so three, biblical mission. 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 I knew it was. Could, could, I mean, program would have well, worked, but really then you have mission and commission and kind of an issue at the end. I put pro, and, yeah. biblical proclaim on number but three. So the I'm basic sure concept is right. Jesus is laying out the Bible's program, predictions for what the Messiah mission. must accomplish. I knew it and was it's the threefold he must suffer, he must rise, and there must be this proclamation. That's the, that's the idea. Okay. Anything else? Oh. Okay, I have a question about Colossians 1, 5 through 6. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard off, heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. Okay, I have a question about Colossians 1, 5 through 6. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all all the world world. and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. So, so in that I think it's place, just it says the gospel has in gone into all the world. The what does that mean? The apostles are the ones who have turned the world upside down. Well, they weren't having much of an impact yet in North America at that time. Um, so Paul sees the gospel going everywhere people are. Um, and so, so this is actually one of the questions about, like, can Christ come back at any time? And people, it looks as though we're waiting for the gospel to go to all tribes. Yet there's a biblical reference, you're perfectly right, that you could... From Colossians, the, the gospel's gone with all the world. So I just take that to mean at that point where people are, especially the Roman world, the gospel's gone everywhere. It's, it's reaching out to there. Uh, and, and the book of Acts records that because those people gathered at Pentecost go home. I mean, that's almost certainly how the Roman church was, was formed because Paul makes it clear they don't have any apostolic foundation. The church at Rome part of the reason why he writes such a long letter unpacking the gospel is because they don't have an apostolic foundation. So what is their foundation? Probably people from Rome went to Pentecost, heard the gospel, got saved, came back, most likely. So the gospel is going all around the Roman world, but 
I wouldn't press that hard to say the gospel had somehow, I mean, the Mormons are going to say an angel appeared and preached the gospel to North Americans, but I wouldn't go there. Uh, <laughs> I would just take this to me a colloquialism. Like, if we ask, is everyone here, or we've told everybody knows, you're using within subsets, the whole world, what's Paul have in mind when he says the whole world? Probably the whole, whole known world, because he certainly wouldn't have in mind the things that weren't known. I don't know. What? Other planets? Yeah, yeah probably not. Lee, I'm with you on that one. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? Great commission. Linda. Not maybe a question, but a follow-up on that. So when you say people say Jesus can't come until that. Are you talking about the rapture or are you talking about the second coming? Because during the tribulation, there'll be an angel going right. around the whole world proclaiming right. the gospel. Right. Maybe a question, right. but a follow-up on that. No, I'm, mil- so I'm more talking about people that don't when you hold say to... Um, people say Jesus can't come until so like that. Are you talking about the rapture or are you talking about the second coming? And because exactly right. during the tribulation, the there'll be an angel going around the, the whole world proclaiming the gospel. You have an angel personally proclaiming an eternal gospel, and you have 144,000 people going forth. Who, how much of that gets finished up in that seven-year span is is unknown to us. So, yeah, that's that's what I was referencing. I, I, I've heard other people say that, but certainly the events in Revelation can begin at any time, and partly because during the events of the book of Revelation, the gospel is going to go out even more so than it already has. No, you're absolutely right. That's what I was referencing. Other questions that don't dive into the book of Revelation. I will definitely define that as off topic for this morning. Okay. Okay. And we'll go to where I want it to go. Okay. So I'm going to ask a question for you. It might be controversial. We'll see what happens. So I was talking to Pastor Daniel about this this week. We know that the the mission of God, the Old Testament summary of the mission and work of the Messiah, is this proclamation will go out. And Jesus tells the eleven they're going to be his witnesses. Here's, Here's my question. What is the biblical mandate for missions? That's that's my discussion question. Anybody want to take a swing? Oh, here we go. Well, we're supposed to preach the gospel in and out of season. Yes. To everybody. No well, we, we, whoa, 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 whoa. You just, you just, you're citing Paul's instructions to Timothy. How do we know that what Paul tells Timothy isn't unique to his function and prerogative well, as supposed the interim to Apostle the Paul at Ephesus. In and out of no, this is a to everybody. To no matter Chris. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm just stirring the pot here. That's all I'm doing. No, that's fine. Okay. I'm just saying Paul tells Timothy to do some other things that I wouldn't necessarily... Um, that's where discernment comes in. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Everybody. Yes. Um, okay. What else? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. What, what I'm getting at is simply 
Um, so we, our church supports missionaries. Let's Clearly, we think that's biblical, right? We know the context, end is that context. the gospel will go out. But what's the biblical support and foundation for it? Oh, Zach in the back. The poet didn't know it. Asher wanted me to say this. But so I, I'm not looking up the verse right now, but um, in Romans 10 or 11, wherever Paul says that, you know, how can they hear the good news unless they are sent? Mm. Excellent. Excellent. No, I just want to think through this. But so I'm not looking up the verse right now, but in Romans 10 or 11, wherever Paul says that, you know, how can they hear the good news unless they are sent? Excellent. Um, and it is in verse 14. How will they call on him in whom they've never believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now there, why that's important is you have not just the one who preaches, but people sending. Excellent, Zach that now we've got the two, because the two parts we're looking for is the missionary. The word missions doesn't occur in the Bible. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just we've got to get a theology that comes out of the Bible. We've got to think deeply about this. So we've got a missionary. We've got someone, we've got a preacher, a herald, and we've got sending, right? Um, so excellent. That's part of it. What else? Oh, it's in Revelation, and it's in... Uh, oh, no, no, off-limits, Lee, no, off-limits. It's not a comment on anything that's, except that it's a result of something that we yeah. see in the future, and that around the throne is from every tribe, nation. I got one. Language standing before it's them. in Revelation, and it's in... Uh, oh, no, 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 it's a well, result. No, that's, that's it's part of what I'm trying to get at. What's anything that's, except that it's a result of something that we see in the but future, he, and that around the, the throne to is at. from every in tribe, all the nation, the people, language, standing the before them. And how what did they get Paul, there unless somebody told them? Missions. Somebody somewhere had to spread the word. Not much. We know what's going to happen. We know that wherever we are, Wherever God finds us, wherever God, wherever God places us, we are to speak the words of life. We're to be ready in season and out. We are to give an answer to those who ask. We're to season our words with salt. We are to speak the words of life. Um, we know that. We, we know how it's going to end. We know what God is passionate about. But the actual means, we don't have a whole lot of instruction. We have one model, Paul. So think about this. Jesus tells the 11 they're going to be his witnesses. They stay in Jerusalem. And even when the early church gets disrupted, they stay in Jerusalem. Right? So the 11, through the book of Acts, pretty much hang out in Jerusalem, even as the rest of the church spreads out. So in other words, the 11 didn't understand, I better pack my bags and head out to a foreign land. Now, church history tells us eventually they do some of that stuff. But unless you want to conclude they're wrong all the way through like Acts 15, because when they settle the issue of the Gentile inclusion, they go back to Jerusalem where there's a church council in Jerusalem where Peter and the other apostles are. They haven't left yet. Eventually they'll move to Antioch. 
so the point simply being the 11 didn't immediately with their eyes open with the spirit pack a bag and go off into 11 different directions they kept hanging out in jerusalem now maybe you could conclude that's how big of a knuckleheads they are they still didn't get it but it's interesting the apostle paul is is hard as a case because he has a unique apostleship he identifies himself as the apostle to the gentiles and so are you the apostle to the Gentiles? Am I the apostle? I mean, so part of, part of the problem with Paul is, okay, how much of what Paul's doing is unique to his particular calling and how much of it is programmatic? Because just what every missions agency and policy wants to claim or wants to say, they're getting stuff from Paul. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying Paul's kind of a special case. So what's, what's interesting is we know what must happen. We Part of what I was trying to get this morning going is what a privilege, like we should want to participate in this. But we actually don't have a ton of instruction about how it's to happen. It's, it's almost assumed like wherever Christians go, of course they'll be speaking the gospel. But that's the Great Commission in, in, in Matthew, like having gone or as you go, or I would almost say wherever you go, make disciples. Um, make disciples. And Paul gives us the priority of I want to preach Christ where Christ isn't named. I don't want to build on another's foundation, but surely that can't be for everybody. Otherwise, once any particular people have heard anything, no one can touch them. <laughs> you know, sorry, someone's Christ has already been named there. And I don't want to build on someone else. So I, I certainly got to make part of that unique to Paul's particular mission and calling that he doesn't want to build on someone else's foundation. In a very real sense, I'm building on someone else's foundation here at Martinsdale. Gary's and Joel's and whoever came before Joel. Um, there you go. Um, right? So, so part, part of what I'm trying to highlight is in that I think there's a lot of freedom because we're not given programmatically how it's to be done. We can, we can certainly come up with biblical ideas and biblical models and try to gain principles. We know it's going to happen. We know that it must happen. And we know that the church has been entrusted as the primary vehicle to whom, through whom it will happen. So yes, Jesus personally appears and evangelizes Paul on the road to Damascus, but that's exception. That's not rule. The rule is the church will be doing this. Um, so we know all that. But the particulars... Well, do we use missions agencies? Do we send people out directly? That None of that's given to us. We're just sort of figuring out, this seems to work, this doesn't seem to work. There's a lot of freedom moving around. Yeah, Lee, that, that's what I'm mainly trying to get up is, we, it's sort of like we know the end of the math equation. All nations, all tribes, all tongues. But the how is very, well, very... In that sense, there's also, uh, all the, think of the way churches are ruled not ruled or organized maybe is a better word like presbyterians believe a certain thing about elders and this and that and that i don't know that it's any of it's totally unscriptural i hope but that well, they're taking it in that sense there's the also uh, all the think of the way churches are ruled you know, not ruled although i'd say with organized, church, I, maybe but i'd say with church word. governance like presbyterians believe a certain thing about elders and this and that the issue comes and they, i don't know that it's any of it's Totally within, unscriptural, within the church, I hope. Got at least two but that they're offices, taking it and putting the human input into it, and deacon. of course, there's going to be people, you know discussion, other differences. That's a discussion. Um, yeah, but I'm and, just saying oh. that once the human element is thrown into any equation, yeah. there's going to be people. No, we want to do it this way, and, it, and it's like, is it a big scripture? I'm guessing, you know, some of it is going to be 
against scripture and a mistake, but often it's just our personalities in the same way. Yeah, but I'm just saying that once the human element is thrown into any equation, there's going to be people, no, we want to do it this way. And and it's like, is it a big scripture? I'm guessing, you know, some of it is going to be against scripture and a mistake, but often it's just our personalities in the same way. I like blue carpet or I like red carpet. You know, a lot of it's just the personal preferences of how to get things done. So here's here's I think the other big point I want to get at is this is um, I think what we're going to see is people are going to want to do this. And as Roman said, they're going to want to be sent. And part of the reason we don't have instruction is I think it's just going to sort of organically happen. I mean, nowhere are we told it's not listed as an office or a gift. He, he evangelist is right. So he gave the church apostles. Yeah, go to go to Ephesians four. Even on the list of um, gifts, maybe maybe you could argue in a missionaries and evangelists. Certainly, but not all evangelists are missionaries, right? Um, at least I wouldn't think so. Uh, maybe. Okay, Ephesians four. Where are you? Where are you? Ephesians 4, starting in verse... Yeah, there it is. In uh, 10. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So, we've got apostles, we got prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. No missionary. It doesn't mean missionary is not valid. I'm just saying it's not listed in, in those those formative things. And so... No, and some people. Oh, no, no, no. Hold, go, 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 go. Go the mic. Go the mic. Well, if you continue to verse twelve, it says to prepare God's people for works of service. And what is the point of all those people? They're going to go, like you say. It's just where there's Christians, people are going to be doing that. Yeah. If there's a healthy, if it's a healthy Christian body, it will be spreading yeah. itself. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Absolutely. if you continue to verse part, 12, it says to prepare all, God's people for works of service. And what is the point of all of those people? They're going to go, like you say, it's just where there's Christians, people are going to be doing that. If there's and a I'm, healthy, I'm trying to highlight if it's a healthy Christian body, it will be spreading itself. I don't think itself, it's as simple so. as that. It's Here's the goal, the preaching, the proclamation, the heralding of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations. That's the goal. Great. We know that's going to happen, and we know through whom it's going to happen, primarily. The how is much wider open than even I had previously thought as I'm thinking through it. As Paul, okay, we can get principles from Paul, but Paul really is kind of a unique case. Um, and, and if you want to use Paul as your model, he didn't fundraise. That was his, that was his boast. And he had that job. Right, no, no, but that was Paul's boast. Even as he says, I have the right to fundraise, but I don't want to. So Paul is going to be a tough model to follow um we can get principles from paul no doubt I, no, my main he, point he, is simply he definitely had that, that job he was a tent maker in the realm so. of missions what you have really are, are spirit-filled christians who want to go proclaim christ and to a large degree we're doing it the best way we can figure out how and church history's got different models and there's different ways that, that takes place and it's really a lot sloppier and a lot more wonderfully disorganized then even I'd previously thought that oh, we've got to find the biblical way. And there are certainly biblical principles. We're not compromising the gospel message. And ab- I'm not saying every, anything goes. 
But in some respects, there's a lot more freedom than I'd even previously thought thinking through it. As I'm basically trying to, okay, what is the biblical theology of missions? And I can't, can't keep getting past the fact that Paul doesn't give the church as much instruction on that. It's just almost like it's assumed it's happening. Um, and so the how, that it must happen, yes. That it's important that it happen, yes. How? It's, it's a lot, lot more amorphous. That's sort of the big aha, eye-opener thing in the last week or so. It's just, yeah. Yeah, go, go, go. It's like um, if, if we have to, some of the other verses you quoted earlier about hearing and, that, you know, that how will people hear. So that opens up a gigantic sort of can of worms in the sense that they could listen to CDs, there's radios, there's, you know... Well, well, it's like, um, if, if we have to, th and, and some of the other verses you, you know, quoted earlier about hearing and, of, that, you know, that how will people hear, he so that oh, opens up a gigantic sort of can of worms in the sense that they could listen to CDs, there's radios, there's, you know, billboards, there's us talking to our neighbors, and that's... That's you know, that's just so the creative I'm gonna, creativity of, I think of be us being made in God's image. That he doesn't just say, oh, this is the little broadcast. speck. I want well, you to do you. this little cool. speck. It's more like I'm a sure shotgun of just, get you know, get everything. And there are other models. You know, you get, some people go in groups. Um, the, the, one of the models that my seminary um, favors is uh, they basically make little mini seminaries. Their, their mentality is we'll send over two or three highly trained guys to train the local pastors. I think that's pretty effective. So they'll send basically three or four TMS guys bolted onto a local church and then invite all the pastors in like a 500-mile range to come in and just be constantly training them, thinking, okay, we're, we're strengthening the indigenous local. Well, that's not going to be frontier missions. That's going to be sort of the second wave when you got some local presence. But they're all, they're all doing good things. And I'm more and more thinking, yeah, <laughs> who's right? Which is the right way to do it? Go. Microphone. Well, that's not going to be frontier missions. That's going to be sort of the second. I just want to add to that. Um, if you look at the message all, of the gospel, the actual message you're bringing and to these people within itself, it contains yeah. restrictions. Right. So it. it's not just a free for Go. all. If you're bringing the gospel, you have to live and walk according to Christ. You I just want to add to that. Um, if you look at the message of the gospel, the actual you message you're bringing to even these people within itself, it contains do restrictions. The so it's not just the Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's, the there's certain non-negotiables. The content of the message, non-negotiable. Um, the, the demands of how being faithful to the message do, calls people even to live. And actually, these are the places where the biggest friction in missions is happening because the whole insider movement. Um, you guys, has anyone here heard of the insider movement? You guys know what that is? Um, the insider movement is a missions debate discussion taking place. That some have argued, I would not agree with this, but some have argued that just as the early Christians stayed in the synagogues so they were driven out, they did not leave the synagogues. They met at the synagogues. And Paul went to the synagogues, and they met in the temple until they were driven out. So, likewise, the argument is Muslim converts should keep going to the mosques and be messianic presences there until driven out. of. And part of it is similar to Judaism in the Islamic culture. The, the community life and the mosque life are virtually one and the same. You're, you've, so when they, we saw this in, um, we see this in John 10, when the 
um, blind man is is desynagogued. Literally, is the Greek word. I think John invents the word desynagogue, and it's kicked out of the community life. And so, for a for a Muslim to stop participating in that will, in many cases, ostracize them from the entire community. And so, the argument is, we want them to have an impact for Christ and their family and other community, so they should stay in. Well, of course, then that's going to mean they're still bowing to Mecca and they're reciting the uh, what's the there was one. Uh, the Medina, they're, they're going to have to do some of those things. And so then they get to some creative justifications or explanations for how that can work. As This is sort of the insider movement. Should Muslims stay inside of Islam until they're driven out, or should they leave? Um, now that certainly is a significant question. Um, and I definitely have a strong opinion on that one. But th- there's one of the methodological issues where I think Scripture certainly answers clearly. Um, but I'm, I'm more speaking methodologically to some churches send missionaries directly. Most missionaries work with parachurch organizations. Um, some are more direct proclamations. Some are going in more surreptitiously, teaching English and doing other things. Um, who's right? That, and that's where I'm saying there's tremendous freedom in, in that type of thing. Um, in, in one respect, missions is, in some senses... I'm going to go be a faithful Christian in India. I'm going to go be a faithful Christian in China. I'm going to go be a faithful Christian in, you know, like, hey, can you guys help me and my family go move so we can be faithful Christians in Pakistan? Like, there's a sense in which the New Testament assumes wherever the church is going, that's happening. Um, in, in one sense, right? I mean, so you look at some like the ransom. Uh, I shouldn't say people's names online. Okay. Um, sorry. We look at that family in China. Well, what are they doing? They're working with their hands. They're building relationships. They're trying to have Bible studies in their home. That sounds like a faithful Christian in China. God bless them, and we'll send them. But, I mean, like, right? That, that sounds like what I'd hope Christians, people from Norwalk in our church are doing, right? Um, maybe they're more focused. Maybe they're more intent. Maybe they're more um, alert. But they're not doing anything qualitatively different than hopefully what faithful Christians in Indianola from our church are doing, Right? Um, so awesome. I'm happy to invest in that. Glad to do it. So that, that's part of what I'm getting at is there's a lot of, a lot of flexibility in, in methodology, even as there are plenty of things that are non-negotiable and we need to fight over. Um, okay. Any further questions with well, this? Well, I like the point you oh. made about even the people in Norwalk and Indianola because I was thinking if you're a Christian, you're a missionary. Yeah. Right. That we're all, we all have a mission. I think of Isaiah um, when God said, well, who will I send? He said, here I am. Right. God send me. Well, I like the point you made about right. even if the people still in Norwalk and Indianola. Why because did, I was is, thinking this, this, this if you're a Christian, did, you're a missionary. Um, God gift the church. That we're all, we 11. all have a mission. I think of Apostles, Isaiah prophets, and evangelists, um, and shepherds and when teachers. God said, well, who will I Why? send? He said, here I am. To do God the work send of the me. ministry? People sometimes refer to me as a minister you know, on tax forms or whatever. I'm a minister. No, no, I'm not any more of a minister than you are. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So whose is the work of the ministry? It's all of ours. It's mine only insofar as I'm a saint, not as my role as an elder or pastor. My role as an elder pastor means I'm a quipper. I'm, a, I'm equipping people for work. Um, but the work of the ministry is, is the saints, and it's for the building up of the body of Christ, which is going to be outreach and upreach. It's going to be evangelism. The body of Christ gets bigger. 
and it's going to be sanctification, discipleship, the body of Christ gets more holy and gets more looking like Jesus. That, that's the work of the ministry. Um, and Paul makes that clear, you keep going, until we all attain to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Which basically means we don't stop this work until the church looks like Jesus. Which means we're not going to stop this work. <laughs> right? Um, and the work is done, not, look at 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by cunning, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather speaking the truth in love. We're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body work so that it builds itself up in love. Let's, so in one sense, we're all missionaries. In one sense, what are missionaries? The people who speak the truth in love. What's this? Speaking the truth in love. What's discipleship? Speaking the truth in love. What's counseling? Speaking the truth in love. What's evangelism? Speaking the truth in love. Right? That's the work of the ministry, is the body building itself up, speaking the truth in love. And we all have a share in that. We all have a role in that. We all have a responsibility in that. Absolutely. Um, I was just thinking of that young man who was killed, who went to that island. Yes. You know? Yes. That was very controversial because yeah. some people said, well, he died. He, he didn't even speak to them. Right. 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 Why am I going to judge another man's servant? I was just thinking of that, that young man who was oh killed, yeah. who so went to that island. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. That was very controversial right. because some well, people said, well, my first said, thought well, is, why am I going to judge another man's servant? speak to them. He, and it seemed he clearly understood the risk he was taking and wanted to take it. I said, God bless him. It does not appear to have accomplished much, but we have no idea how God will use that. Um, So God bless him. It's not the strategy I'd choose, but he knew what he was doing. He seems to have his eyes pretty wide open. I said, God bless him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm encouraged when I hear that. Yeah. I mean, Paul goes so far as to say in Philippians, even if even if people are preaching Christ out of envy and selfish ambition, he praises God. So I don't see how the response can be anything but praise God. <laughs> you know, and then at a distant second, well, would you have done that? Do you think there are better ways? To That's what there's in a sense is a lot of freedom. You know, what I mean, I'm not a big chick track person. But I know people who are. God bless them. No, there's different strategies that you may want to be involved in for things like great. Great. I'm not going to judge another. I don't think I should judge another man's another person's servant. They're going to stand before all before the Lord. What? What do you? What do you? What's, what's, oh no, we're not going there either. We're not going there either. There are some chick tracks that are good. I actually, for a little while, when I was a new Christian, I collected them. I had like hundreds of different ones. They just fascinated me. There were, I had some people in my church who were, uh, no, I had some weird ones, like about Halloween and stuff. Was, they, some of them are odd. There's some good ones. No, no, but they're not all bad. They're not all bad. And if someone, that's them cho- their chosen method, I wouldn't choose that method, but if that's their chosen method, again, God bless them, man. Like, like, we all need to be involved in the work of ministry, which is speaking the truth in love. Where and how? There's a lot more free. Which is the last point I wanted to get to on this, which is, um, because we don't have these instructions, I think the last thing we want to do is guilt people into missions. So what's non-negotiable is we all have the spirit 
for ministry and service. And it's the common good. And all of us have a role to play in the building of the body of Christ, right? But what role? Huge freedom in, right? So I, I can't and I dare not and I don't want to guilt people into missions or even guilt people into evangelism. I want to. What I'm trying to do is this is like, this is stuff that's going to reverberate in eternity in a way that your job and your promotion won't, in a way that the car that you drove won't, in, in the way that your kids' achievements in sports won't. And we get a chance to participate and share in this great work and plan of God that will be sung of and praised forever. How great is that? You know, like that, that's what I want to motivate people to share the gospel and get, get involved in those types of things. Not, you know, um, and I'm not, I don't know anybody locally, so I'm not, I don't have anyone in mind, but definitely earlier in my Christian life heard those. It basically boils down to God did all this stuff for you. What have you done for him? Yeah, and I, I don't I don't see anything in the New Testament moving with that type of logic of of guilt tripping. Um, now, now in a sense, maybe in a, in a broad like, do you have any participation in the speaking of the truth and love that builds up the body of Christ? No. Okay, and if if somebody said that, okay, maybe you should feel bad. <laughs> like, but only at that broadest level would I start to in any way want to bring in a guilt like. like is there any aspect of your life where you speak the truth and love for the building up of the body of Christ? No. Okay, yeah, I think something is wrong. But within that, there's so much freedom and variation and gifting that, that this person's passionate about this, and this person's passionate about that, and this person's doing it at the WANA, and this person's doing it in a Sunday school class, and this person's discipling their kids, and this person's whatever. And like, the glory of God is in that diversity, you know. So that's uh, that. That's one of the things I'm trying to get at this morning in this sort of discussion on missions and evangelism, is that we we haven't been handed clear instructions on how to get from point A to point B, and we know from the Scripture that the Spirit has all these variations of gifts. We tend to like sort of one size fits all things. So like, okay, this is how you do it. And we'll just learn this technique and this method and we'll go and turn the crank and out will come emissions. It's, not, it's a lot sloppier and messier than that. And I think the glory of God's in that. Because even as you're reading in Acts, the Great Commission is being carried out by amateurs. I mean, by, by bumbling, praise God loving people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these aren't professionals. Um, and, and God's glory is seen when these humble fishermen confound the Pharisees who think, what are these, what are these guys doing? Oh, they were with Jesus, they remember, right? Um, anyway. Okay, questions on anything I've just thrown out? Oh, Bridget in the back. So I'm thinking of um, mission organizations that aren't really connected with a local church. Mm. And um, with missions, do you feel like ideally it kind of should be through a local church? And if there's an organization that's, I mean, I guess there's some confusion. When so I'm thinking of um, mission organizations uh, that kind of aren't like really connected with a local church. Really and um, with missions, do you feel like 
ideally it kind of should be through a local church and if there's an organization that's I mean, I guess well, there's some confusion like with, I'm thinking of something very church. specific, but um, if they kind of call like, this is church, but they're I not really living out church the way that maybe it's laid out in scripture, it's more of like this missionized organization but and what we're doing here, completely separate you know what I mean? Like the New Testament knows nothing of this. So your big trailblazing church planning missionary Paul three times goes back to Jerusalem gives reports gets sent out again like he's a man under authority he's connected with a local church even as he's taken off with his band of people to do stuff he's not this maverick doing his own thing and so I I think all ministry I mean so if you've got a ministry that's not connected to the local church at all what you've got are Christians who are not connected to the local church at all right I mean you have to mean that that ain't right. <laughs> so, so yeah, one of the things in our, if you, it, we have on our, our church, our, the elders spent an inordinate amount of time. We do things slowly. Um, we spent a long time overhauling our missions guidelines and our missions pamphlets on our website. And if you want to see what we think are priorities and what we think are, are better models and the, what seems good to us, we've laid that out there. You're welcome to read that. And that's one of the things we're looking for is the more connected to the local church, the better. You know what I mean? The last thing I want, the last thing I want to invest in is somebody who's a self, they're not connected at either end. There's no local church sending them. There's no local church receiving them. They decided they're a missionary. They sent themselves and they're accountable to no one and they're under no one's authority and they're just going to go do ministry. That's the last thing I want to get involved in. Ideally, best case scenario, there's a church sending. So, so Christians recognized and saw this person or this couple's qualifications and giftedness. They affirmed it. They sent them. They're providing oversight and accountability. And where they are, if there's any local church presence, they're tightly connected with that as well. That, that's, to me, ideal. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody who just gets up and goes... I mean, so is wrong. I'm just talking about... Not because of missions, just of Christianity. If you're a Christian who's not locally connected to the local church, that's not healthy. That's not that's not good. So it's it's not fundamentally a missions thing. It is is it is just a Christian thing. Like I'm, if if the reason these gifts and pastors are given is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, then that would mean all ministries. So this parachurch organization ideally is being equipped by local church leaders as the people involved in that ministry are being equipped. If they're not, then that just seems backwards. But, yeah. Is that is that too broad of an answer to your question? Or, or? No, I think that's good. I think okay. um, just, well, so why there's confusion is, um, well, I'm but thinking of a specific organization where you go away for like three months or six months and you're with them, that organization. Uh, okay. And then they're not connected with local churches, but they're just kind of like, this is the church, like in this organization. Uh, but it really is. No, I think that's good. Like I think um, just, well, so why there's confusion is, um, well, I'm thinking of a specific organization okay. where you go away for like three months or six months and you're with yeah, them, that, is, that organization. That is, and that then they're weird. not connected with um, local churches, but they're just kind of like, so this is the church, like yeah, in this organization. It but it really isn't. It's like they're what, doing what, what you would say missions what, work, what, but it's not through. Um, if you've got a bunch kind of Christians like the, living together, are you celebrating the Lord's table? Are you baptizing new believers? The, those are the types of questions I used to try to figure out when people are like, well, no, my church is this Bible study. Well, is this Bible study baptizing new believers, exercising church discipline, and celebrating the Lord's table? No, it's not a church. 
It's a bunch of Christians. Praise God. That's awesome. It's not a church. Not in any real sense. Um, does it have the biblical offices? Do you have elders and deacons in your Bible study? You know, well, no, but we're looking for them. Okay, that could work. You know, there weren't elders yet in Crete, but Paul tells Titus, I left you behind so you can set in order what is lacking by appointing elders. So um, if that's not the case, then the next question is, then are you, are you basically saying for the next couple months you're functioning churchlessly, intentionally? Why would you do that? So even when I was at Word of Life Bible Institute or you go to a Christian college, most Christian colleges will require you local church attendance, even as those colleges have chapel and stuff. They don't view that as church. It's biblical instruction. So I had to go to chapel three times a week at Masters, both college and seminary. And we had to be part of a local church. And we could pick which local church we want to be part of. But their view was this is not a replacement for the church. This is over and above and on top of so, yeah, I'd, I'd have a lot of, I don't want to sit in judgment, but I'd have a lot of questions for somebody who said, no, I'm going to take eight months off from the church and do this thing. Like, because here's the other thing. The, the church is indefatigable. It, it cannot fail. Against the church, the gates of hell will not prevail. There's no such promise made for my parachurch ministry. So, so whatever you got, I'd want to bolt to the thing, the ship that can't sink. I'd want to bolt whatever add-ons you got to that and not have them free-floating because, you know, parachurch ministry X can fail. It can. The church can't. So I'd, I'd want to be bolted pretty tightly to the, the, the vehicle and the vessel that will accomplish the purpose and cannot be defeated. That's just me. Any other questions? Along, Dave Kingery. Got a hand. I saw, I saw that. I see that hand. I forgot what I was going to ask. Okay. Who's next? <laughs> He's not letting go of the mic. Yeah, okay. okay I, what? I had, I had, a, I had some, something else I was going to say, but something else came to mind. But I, I, uh, in my 20s, I, I, uh, no, I forgot I what I was going to ask. I had I had a I had so, something else I was going to say, but something else came to mind. But and, uh, I I uh, in my 20s, a pastor I friend, and he says, I, uh, oh, I don't know if you need to went to a and, seminar and I and uh, and they were they were encouraging people to go back and ask for forgiveness <laughs> for <laughs> wrongs that they had done in their past. And, and, so and uh, I, I mentioned uh, that to a, went on that and a pastor and, uh, friend, it, and he says, I oh, I don't know if you need God to go back and, 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 and uh, I didn't revel in your sins and wrongs. And, but then again, you might have a ministry that, there that, uh, <laughs> with all the people that, you've offended. And so I went on that, and it... It, I, uh, I actually brought God into the uh, picture, and that had, uh, I didn't realize I that did had something to do I with discipleship, because it was just a sentence or two that, that, uh, that, uh, that works better when yeah, I have it not whatever, so close and, to my beard. so I was beard. able to naturally bring God into the I, uh, picture with people uh, I offended, and I was surprised. I, I think it did, that because I drew attention to God that I wasn't acting consistently so I, with God's, that, oh, I remember what I was going to bring back, God's. It was well, or whatever. I oh, good. So I was able Go to on. naturally yeah. bring God into the picture with in, people in, I, I offended, and I was surprised at the, the, the response I got from people. With, uh, 
than just so missionary I, trips. And that was and another, that, oh, I remember what I was going to bring back. person that brings them it was, to remembrance. Of it was that I didn't realize. And what he wants. I didn't well, that, realize that's that, the, that's that discipleship. That's the other piece, Dave, that I'd want to push you as well. About the it, ultimate that, goal. That, uh, it had more Matthew to do is clear, with uh, disciple. than just missionary trips. It had, you can say earlier. a sentence uh, to, to a person that brings them to remembrance of, of God. So literally, literally what if you he wants. try to do it the same thing in English, you'd get discipleize the nations. And, and part of discipleizing the nations is the proclamation, and part of that is what Jesus says, teaching them to obey or observe all that I taught. And so they're not two distinct missions. It's one. We're making disciples of the nations, which necessitates preaching the gospel and it necessitates training those converts to do what Jesus told them to do. Um, some people are going to be more on one wing than the other, but they're not two separate. The church isn't about doing two things. The church is about doing one thing, making disciples. And then under that, there are emphases for that. And so in one sense, you know, the discipling we do here in Awana is just as much playing its role in the Great Commission as frontier missions in Papua New Guinea. It's all one effort to make disciples of the nations. In this case, it's the nation of the United States and the you know, kids in Martinsdale. But it's all into that rubric and heading, you know. Um, certainly some people are pouring more of themselves into it than others. People are more focused than others. And God and his sovereignty is choosing to give growth in some places more than others. But it's all one big endeavor that, that isn't separated out. Um, so that, that's the other thing I'd say is it's, it's one big mission, not two missions. Which means Christian counseling is part of the Great Commission. Because you're helping a marriage, you're helping someone struggle with something, you're helping make disciples, you're helping making people more faithfully keep what Jesus told them to do. It, it all falls under that heading. In different ways and in different places, but it's all part of that one mission and ministry, which links back to Ephesians 4, building the body of Christ up by speaking the truth and love. Um, so... We got like one minute. Any last second question, I can always let you go a minute early if I need to. Anybody? Yeah. Or Dave, you got another one? Dave still doesn't let go of the mic, so. He hasn't let go of the mic back. I can't remember. Okay, you can't remember. Okay. So let me just close that exhortation again that you, you have the same spirit, you have the same commission, you have the same ministry given to you i just encourage you this week be faithful um where god is has placed you be faithful speak the words of life um call men and women to repentance and faith in jesus with the promise of forgiveness of sins and uh, be, be be part of something that will last forever i mean and ever and ever be, be take part of something that you know can cannot be described the greatness of that endeavor. Don't don't let lesser pursuits blind us to the greatest one. Let me close in prayer. Lord, help us to be faithful this week. Help us to open our mouths and speak the words of life and to point others to Christ. Um, Lord, uh, thank you for the way you've gifted everyone individually. Help help each and every one of us to uh, do the work you have for us to do and be faithful this week. In Jesus' name, Amen.